Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend was named Kentucky Master Fiddle Player by the National Endowment of the Arts. And I'm real proud to have him on the show. His name is Nikos Pappas, and he's got trills for days. Also, he's got his PhD in musicology and ethnomusicology, so by the end of this episode, you'll know what a negative tropism is and how to use it in your day-to-day life. But academic as he is, Nikos has a very earnest love and passion for this music and its history. You can hear it in his playing and in his stories. You're really going to like this one. October is Get Up in the Cool Month. I'm featuring my conversations and jams with all of old time's heaviest hitters. And I need your help making this show go as viral as an old time podcast could possibly go. Who knows? <laughs> this week, my call to action is this. Rate Get Up in the Cool on iTunes. All you have to do is search for the show in your podcast app, tap the Get Up in the Cool logo, then tap the Reviews tab, where you'll find some very flattering five-star reviews that I just found out were there. Thanks, loyal listeners. Anyway, at the top of the list is a link to write your own review. As far as I know, this is the main thing that increases my visibility in the iTunes store, so getting a five-star review from you could be the extra push this show needs in order to find someone else. You don't even have to press pause. Just do it right now. This week's bonus track is Old Christmas. Nikos knows some really cool tunes, and I almost regret not putting it in the main interview because I want you all to learn it so I have more opportunities to play it. But I have to reward my Patreon supporters somehow. If you want to join the ranks, just go to my website, CameronDeWitt.com, and click on the button that says Patreon, or tap on the link in this episode's description. All right, enough business talk. Here's my conversation and jam with the lovely, friendly, funny Nikos Pappas. Enjoy, friends.
Wonderful, wonderful. Thank Good you team. very much. Uh, Nikos Pappas. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks Welcome so much, Cameron, for having yeah. me on. <laughs> right on. So uh, tell us about that tune. What did we just play? Well, the tune that we just played was called The Last of Sizemore. And it's uh, part of the a lot of the kinds of tunes I tend to focus in on, which are from Kentucky. And that one in particular comes from a fiddle player whose name was Sanford Kelly. And Sanford Kelly was kind of a, uh, a local character around Moorhead, Kentucky. And if people have heard of him, they might have heard of him because he was the one who was uh, Ricky Skaggs' first mm. fiddle teacher. Mm. So, yeah. But, uh, last, but Last of Sizemore was kind of one of Sanford's signature tunes. And he was kind of a character. People thought he might have actually murdered somebody. So they were, like, afraid of him. And they, like, didn't really talk to him. But he had... What do you think? Who knows, you know? I mean, I, I asked his son once about, you know, that, and he's yeah. like, well, that's what people say. But... <laughs> and his son is a bluegrass musician, too. So it's, yeah. No, Sanford's, Peter Hoover was the guy who really recorded him, and uh, Sanford has a real signature kind of thing. Huh. But the story he always used to tell with this tune, because uh, there are other tunes with this title, so it's kind of this floating title yes. that you get. And um, the story that Sanford used to tell was that how this tune, how he, how it kind of entered into everything was that there was a fiddle player who was uh, sick in bed and dying. And before he died, he, his friends and family came around and he asked for his fiddle. And he sat up and he played this tune that we just played. And there was a person who was working in the garden in the house next door who was also a fiddle player. Mm. And he kind of heard it because, it, you know, that real distinct kind of, you know, part where you just draw out that yeah. long note like that. It was just the real hook for him. So supposedly the gardener guy, like, heard it, learned it from doing that way. And huh. that's how we get the tune, The Last Sizemore. So Sizemore was the guy who was dying in the bed. Did are you saying that like Sizemore uh, uh, ostensibly wrote this tune on his deathbed or maybe just or just played it or just played it yeah, yeah. I mean there's like there's a whole other kind of you know set of stories that go along with similar things with yeah. like criminal fiddle players huh. where they play one tune before they're hung right <laughs> you know so like the last of Callahan is one of those interesting um, and then there's the hanged man's reel which yeah. you know, comes from Canada like that so it's a common little trope that people have. I like it. It gives things. some drama to the tune. Exactly. Uh, this is a that's a very lively tune for someone about to die. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, if you only have one more, I guess yeah. you better make it a good one, right? <laughs> very good. How did you um, how did you start playing old time music? When did that happen? Well, I started playing. Uh, it's a kind of a funny story because. Um, I started life as a classical player, and actually my undergraduate degree was in viola. Mm. Um, and at the time, I was living in Athens, Ohio, and I was working for a community arts uh, and culture kind of empowerment um, organization called Rural Action, and they're located in Athens, Ohio. And I was working in the arts and cultural uh, 
aspect of it. And one of the things I was supposed to do was supposed to like organize and lead jam sessions and, you know, uh, meet and really interview like traditional musicians and things like that. And so I didn't play old time music at the time. So being an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer kind of led me into doing that. And as well, I was just about ready to turn 25. And I had read that once you turn 25, it's harder to learn new things. Oh. So like people who will try to learn a new language, yeah. you know, it's harder for them than it is for like somebody who's in middle school. Interesting. Right? So I wanted to put that to a test. Now, now I feel all nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So I wanted to put it to a test. So how many fiddle tunes could I learn? Yeah. And if it was true, would I have a hard time learning fiddle tunes? Well, you know, 500 fiddle tunes, I can say you can learn things after the age of 25. Right on. So, <laughs> so it was kind of just the mixture of doing a little experiment on myself as a human guinea pig with, yeah. you know, the rural action job that I had at the time. Right on. That's... That's a good good origin story. <laughs> I love it. Very good. Well, let's uh, let's play this one-eyed Riley. Oh, but by the way, last yeah. of Sizemore. Yeah. It's on your your new CD. Oh yeah. Well, uh, this past June, uh, Apple Shop, it located in Whitesburg, Kentucky, they have a record label that's been around since the early 1970s, and uh, the label is called June Apple, and they recorded a lot of like really important uh, traditional musicians from Kentucky and Virginia and places like that and they're wanting to revive the label since it was more Very active cool. in the 70s and the 80s so I've been fortunate enough that they uh, wanted to put my album out on the June Apple label there. Very cool. What's it called? It is called Lost in the Lowlands. Lost in the Lowlands. Any and story behind that title? Uh, yes. The title refers to a tune that was played by a Wolf County, Kentucky fiddle player whose name was Darley Falks. And Darley had this great, like, this, um, if you want to think of, like, the ultimate, like, grumpy old man, you know, <laughs> his grumpy old man would come out because he hated Billy in the Low Ground. And he, that Billy in the Low Ground, that's that newfangled tune. Everybody's playing that <laughs> Billy in the Low Ground now. And really, the real title of it is Billy Lost in the Lowlands. Interesting. And he was adamant about that. That is the name of the tune. And so that's how the album got its title. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> just just someone who uh, does not want the folk process to do its, do its thing. Do its thing, or at least, you know. <laughs> wants the old tunes yeah. to be around and not those <laughs> new old tunes yeah yeah that's the constant constant tension you know yeah but it's a good tension we need those people around who are like don't forget right who's billy lost in the lowlands right yeah very cool well yeah now let's play this uh this one-eyed riley okay Here let's comes. do that then yeah Thank you. 
sounds delightful. Thank you. Yeah, that's really good. Good fiddling. <laughs> well, it yeah. doesn't hurt when you have a nice banjo player oh. to play with. Too, so. <laughs> What's this? Uh, you you were describing this fiddle to me earlier. You said it's from Oregon. Yeah, the fiddle that I've been playing on here. It's uh, made by a person named Muley, and he wrote his name in pencil on the top of it about twelve times. <laughs> this is a Muley violin. But he didn't think to write it actually where you could actually read it, huh? Uh, which was kind of funny. When you say on the top of it, you mean on the inside? Yeah, the inside yeah, of okay. the top. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a little dentist kind of mirror, you can that's uh -huh. how you can read it like that. Um, but it it has a real distinctive shape. It's not like the typical fiddle. It has no points on it or. Um, if you're familiar yes. with the shape of a violin, they have four little protrusions yes. or points that come out in the middle where the bend of the instrument is. This one is rounded but flat, going up towards the huh. neck. And you'll find French fiddles like that, and this guy obviously must have seen one of those and right. wanted to kind of make one of his. But um, it's one of the few fiddles I've had that can withstand all of the climactic shock of being at outdoor festivals, like <laughs> wonderful. This one, you know? Is so. it is the um, the distance between the strings smaller than a typical fiddle? No, no, no. It's just it's the illusion that, that you I get think from just the, the rounded proportions corners. are just like exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's an optical illusion. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's not good podcasting, but just imagine a <laughs> very round <laughs> fiddle. Yes, it's very old and beautiful looking. Yes, very cool. But that uh, one-eyed Riley tune. That comes uh, from Lexington, Kentucky, and that's a tune who uh, was played uh, by a bunch of the fiddle players there, but uh, that particular version that I play comes from a fiddle player by the name of John Masters, and he was a left-handed fiddle player, mm. and you didn't really see too many of right. those, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. And now, would they be playing with uh, the strings? Normal. Just, normal strings, just left-handed. Exactly. Very good. So very good. just put it on the other arm and so yeah. the what's normally the high strings are now the low strings <sighs> you know from that so backwards I like saw, that I saw a man at Gennaro once hopefully I haven't told this story in the podcast before but he uh, he was just this killer guitarist and uh, and we were playing in an A and I and I realized halfway through our jam that uh, he just had two stumps where his left hand like a uh -huh. uh, first first and second finger and uh, he was using that to play those A kind of bar shapes, those half bar shapes, oh, really? just using his stumps. And then halfway through the jam, he switched and started playing left-handed fiddle. And I was like, that's, that's one that's dedicated old-time musician. That's pretty amazing. Anyway, you were saying. But no, I mean, what's interesting about central Kentucky, especially in the Lexington area, is that the first integrated string band mm. uh, recorded there. And so there wow. was a uh, there's a long-standing tradition of a lot of back and forth between white and black fiddle players in yeah. the area. Um, the unfortunate part is that um, very few of them actually had the opportunity to record. Yes. Uh, so as a result, uh, we only really have the recordings, a few recordings right. of fiddle player uh, Jim Booker. But Jim Booker was one of the was kind of the exception to the kind of the institutionalized segregation yes. that was in the South. And so he was such a good fiddle player that 
people wouldn't make him sit at the black table. He would actually be able to sit with all the white folks yeah. and everything. He was such a respected guy. And so people learned learn tunes off of him. And this tune, One-Eyed Riley, actually, John Masters learned from Jim Booker that huh. way. So it's kind of this neat little, you know, game of telephone. Interesting. It would be nice if we heard how Jim Booker played it. Yeah. But, um, but huh. you know, it's just one of those things where all the fiddle players in the area play Jim Booker's tunes, but we don't really have too many of Jim huh. Booker's recordings. Interesting. Well, I'm always, yeah, I'm always excited to hear about the stories of, you know, the, the line between cultural appropriation and cultural exchange in old-time music is yeah. so, so thin yes. and so blurry. Um, but I always appreciate when I hear about, you know, yeah, the first integrated string band being recorded, you know, and stuff like that. That's yeah. really gives me renewed, uh, I guess, faith in the in the in the genre and yeah. the tradition, you know, because well, there was. I, I think it exchange. could happen in a place like Kentucky. Yeah, because it's kind of in the neither world of the north and the south yeah yeah so it's south enough that you still had the institutionalized racism but it's north enough that the um you know that there was a little bit more interchange that yes. could take place like that than say in a place like mississippi or alabama yeah very cool very cool thanks jim booker <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah very good one-eyed riley do you know is there a story behind that i don't know he played he played um a bunch of tunes that had little suggestive titles like yeah you wondering you know, oh yeah that is suggestive isn't it <laughs> yeah i guess it's a little too early in the day for me right. to be no saucy. i mean he played another tune called peckerwood yeah. and he played another one <laughs> called man eater oh so. good i love it yeah <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Gonna have to put that explicit tag on this podcast for iTunes. <laughs> Something we really play good. a tune. Uh, trigger warning: We play One-Eyed Riley. Yes. <laughs> if you're if you're driving and don't want to get too distracted. <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of funny. And yeah, whenever I get together with my friend John Harrod, who is. Uh, one of the deacons of uh, Kentucky fiddle playing in terms of collecting and things yeah. like that. Um, he was the one who really first introduced me to John Masters and John Masters kind of music. And so I made a point to learn a bunch of John Masters tunes. And so whenever I get together with John, we end up playing at least one of these kinds of yeah, tunes. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> right on. Let's uh, take a quick break and get to G major real that quick. That sounds good. And, uh, we'll pick right back up. Uh, we're in G. What's yep. uh, what's next on the on the set? Uh, ladies on the steamboat. If you can't get right, get right. Thank you. 
So that's uh, Ladies on the Steamboat. That is Ladies on the Steamboat. Very, very cool. Classic yeah. from Burnett and Rutherford. I don't know anything about Burnett and Rutherford. Uh, they were really big recording artists uh, in the 20s and early 30s, and they were from the uh, the South Central uh, part of Kentucky that uh, is called the Cumberland Plateau. And there were a lot of great bands that came out of there, and uh, some folks might be familiar with Clyde Davenport. Certainly. Uh, because he's kind of the, the last person of that kind of yeah, circle yeah. of folks. And uh, Clyde grew up knowing... Dick Burnett and Rutherford there. Wonderful. And so people might know Dick Burnett because the earliest version of Man of Constant Sorrow was mm. recorded by him. Very cool. So it's from him that we get that song. I'll have to hear that. Burnett and Rutherford. Is Rutherford on there on there too or just Burnett? <laughs> oh, um, both of them are. Both of them? Yeah. Wonderful. Very cool. So, and uh, yeah, uh, Dick Burnett was a blind banjo player and also a fiddle player. And uh, Rutherford was fiddle player with him. And so they cut, you know, probably about two dozen different sides back in the 20s there. And that one was one of their big hits because the thing that uh, Dick Burnett loved to do was special effects and things like that. Yeah. So oh, I forgot to do the... Some uh, of the things he would do, he'd like have a kazoo and he'd sing with that or he'd beat on the banjo. Yeah. Or he'd make this uh, like fake juice harp sound with his yeah. mouth doing <laughs> on top of that and it's I gotta just a wild crazy kind of recording <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun very cool and Burnett and Rutherford but Clyde also was known to play that tune a lot very cool yeah very cool real hit down there yeah what um, Kentucky, Kentucky fiddling what uh, what kind of separates Kentucky fiddling from the other well, Other traditions. I mean, one of the things that I love about Kentucky music is that there's more variety of old-time music from Kentucky than there is from any other state. Hmm. And part of that is just because there's so much difference in um, how the jobs and occupations came about and geography and things yeah. like that. So, you know, in the north you have the Ohio River, and so you have a lot of people going down through, you know, the Ohio River and a lot of exchange there. Uh, and if you get towards the western part of the state, there's a lot more of a, um, you know, the jug band thing comes from Louisville. And so western Kentucky string bands tend to play more like the jazzy yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, groups. So they would have like banjo mandolin and banjo ukulele yeah. and both bass and, you know, all sorts of different tenor banjos and stuff with that. But then you also have the lonesome eastern Kentucky, you know, kind of music. You have the central Kentucky, you know, kind of style like what we were talking about earlier with John Masters. And then once you get into Clyde and people like that, you just have this great tradition of people you know this the idea of like the banjo and the fiddle they're really intertwined with how you play tunes mm -hmm. i mean you just latched right on to that tune like that so they're you know yeah, the way that, fi that fiddle players play fit into kind yes. of the rhythm of the banjo and so they just work really well on both instruments yeah. like that i always love the banjo players on clyde's yeah. <laughs> clyde's recordings they're magnificent they're and so clyde's good. a good band yeah 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 Totally. Very cool. Let's play uh let's play this Rebels Raid. One of the oh, few yes. that I am more familiar more with familiar of the ones with. that you call them. <laughs> well we have to do something some of the folks know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not all obscure stuff. This is for all the fans out there. Old time best of. <laughs> 
So good, so good. That's uh, you you play those little trills. Yes. <laughs> is that is that a Kentucky thing? Yes. Doing those trills. Yeah, I don't hear Eastern a lot of Kentucky. other people do that. Well, uh, if you listen to the old recording, yeah, they yeah, do that. But I love um, it. Yeah, it's just a real tight trill, and it almost makes it sound like like Swedish music. Or yeah. Something like that, and so. Sometimes Certainly. they would call those wild notes. Sometimes they would just call them these these kinds of trills, and um, you know that's that's the reason why the tune is called the Rebels Raid, mm. because it's supposed to imitate the sound of the Rebel Yell. What is that's the Rebel Yell? Yell? The Rebel Yell was the yell that the Confederate soldiers. It was this high whoop huh. that they would do, and in Kentucky, uh, I thought it was just a pop song from like the eighties. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> Or a, or a really cheap drink, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Whiskey. No. That's my favorite bottom shelf whiskey. I think it tastes like lower middle shelf whiskey. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> no, well, John Hunt Morgan was from Lexington, and he was the most famous of the Civil War Kentucky, or the, the Civil War Confederate Raiders. And so he would do these, you know, midnight raids and just wreak havoc on towns that were controlled by Union forces. Huh. And so there are a number of tunes that come from Kentucky that involve, there's Rebel Raid and there's also Rebels Raid. And so they kind of honor that. Um, oh, which that, one did we just do? We just did Rebels Raid. Rebels Raid. Yeah. And then there's a Rebel Raid, completely different? Yeah, it's an A tune. Very <laughs> right. different tune. <laughs> All right, old time music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so the, you know, it's just if you get the trill right, it just gets the hair standing it does. up on the back of your head like. <laughs> Yeah, that's delightful. A little effect. Very cool. What's the name of the um, so what uh, what comes next? We got uh, got that buckhorn, which means yeah. we got to go to A real quick. We so do. let me let me tune real quick, and then we'll we'll get there. That sounds good. Yeah, well, I won't mention the other risque fiddle tune that this uh, fiddle player played with this one. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So this is the last tune we're going to play, uh, Buckhorn, yeah. and uh, because we typically end on a tune, uh, maybe you could tell us the uh, the details of this one, and also uh, the uh, old Christmas tune that we're going to play in oh, our... Oh, uh, sure. Or, the, are these both on your... Um, yes, both of these are wonderful. on my new album, wonderful. Lost in the Lowlands. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll do the story for Buckhorn, and then in the, in the bonus track, we'll include the description of old Christmas. Okay. Yeah, so uh, t- tell good. us about Buckhorn, yeah. Okay, so Buckhorn comes from a fiddle player. His name was Alvy Green. And Alvy Green was from Sandy Hook, Kentucky, in the northeastern part there. And uh, Alvy, he played a lot of the same tunes that people like Ed Haley might have played. But he played them completely different in style. And he was much more of a um, straightforward kind of, you know, just playing straight tunes and not so much worried about elaborating and doing, you know, throwing out you know everything but the kitchen sink into the tune and so the tune itself buckhorn is actually named for a creek that's in Breathitt County Kentucky called buckhorn but the funny thing was was that when Alvy was recorded he had such a thick accent that the person recording him couldn't understand what he was saying and so the person wrote down the title the tune as buck horde Buck horde. Yes. Interesting. Like a horde of bucks. Or, yeah. Gotcha. And so, uh, if you talk to some people, um, they'll call the tune Buck Horde because they don't know it's actually named for the Buckhorn Creek. 
So there's a little interesting thing yeah. where the transcriber has imprinted it himself onto the common knowledge of what people understand these kinds of tunes. Yes. When really he just got it wrong. Yes. And so people are kind of perpetuating the person who couldn't understand uh -huh. Alvi's accent. Well, I must have spent, you know, it can happen even without an accent. I must have spent two years teaching people the tune Bullet the Wagon, as in bullet from a gun, until right. I was corrected. <laughs> so, folk, folk process at work, yeah. Exactly. So, Negative uh, tropisms. <laughs> Negative tropisms, that's, that's your vocabulary That's the official word, word right there. Wonderful. Yes. Oh, man. Corruption and, through, yeah, oral <laughs> dissemination. That is... I'm going to start... Slinging that around there you go. <laughs> in old time jams. Negative oh, tropisms. that one right there. That's a nice negative tropism. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks so much Nikos for asking Papas. me. This has yeah. been great. Yeah, this is delightful. Um, I will uh, include information on how to get that new CD. And uh, it's perfect. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just been a real honor to you know be part of June Apple and. Yeah. With being named a Kentucky Master Fiddle Player by the National Endowment of the Arts. Well, shoot. Uh, it was just, you know, it's just a real kind of, it was just really nice for them to include me on there. And it was really nice of you to have me on here, Cameron. So I can't thank you enough. Well, thank me by playing this tune.
ride. See if you work out. Yeah. I want to congratulate Nikos for placing fourth in the fiddle contest at Clifftop this year. There are literally thousands of fantastic fiddlers at Clifftop. I'm not surprised at all he rose to the top. Great job, man. Please buy Nikos Papa's album, Lost in the Lowlands. You can tap the link in this episode's description or type it in yourself. Just go to juneapple.org. Now, apple is not the fruit. It is the first part of Appalachia, A-P-P-A-L, juneappal.org. Go to that website and it's the first thing you'll see. Nikos Papas, Lost in the Lowlands. Please check it out. You won't be sorry you did. If you want to hear us play Old Christmas, sign up to be a supporter of Get Up in the Cool. Also, if you sign up before the end of October, I'm going to mail you Get Up in the Cool's Best of 2016 CD, and you'll get to help me choose what's on it. I'll send out a survey with the name of every tune we played this year so you can weigh in on your favorites. And hey, in the spirit of crowdsourcing, if any of you want to go through every episode and come up with a tune list so I don't have to, that would be so great. I guess I could throw in an extra few CDs. I don't know how I could possibly repay you for that. Uh, To sign up to support the show, just go to my website, camerondewitt.com, and click on the button that says Patreon, or tap on the link in this episode's description. Don't forget to rate Get Up in the Cool on iTunes. Just search for the show in the iPhone podcast app and tap the Reviews tab, and you'll see a link to write your own review. One more thing. The video episode with David Bass is up on YouTube. Turns out it takes a while to render a 45-minute video. Sorry for the wait. You can share it on Facebook, but it won't embed because it's too long. So the video you really should share is the June Apple video because it has a link to the episode at the end. You can find all that and also comb through all my old singer-songwriter stuff at youtube.com slash Cameron DeWitt. Thanks for listening, friends. Adam Hurt, you may have heard of him. He's my guest next week. No big deal. Check it out if you want. (laughs) Get up in the cool, you guys. Bye. Bye.